Don't let them bother you. It's okay not to have sex. Not everybody's a pussy magnet. You, uh, what are you, 25? I'm 40. Holy shit, man, you've got to get on that. Oh, man, I love titties, so... Take three Excedrin PMs and you see if you can whack off before you fall asleep. Because her hands were as big as Andre the Giant's and she had an Adam's apple as big as her ball. I can't return it until it has spilled blood. Cool, I got friends that fuck guys in jail. Get some fucking French toast. Welcome to Worth the Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Palilla. With me as always, Mike Kennedy. Hello, Mike. <sighs> Hello, Eddie. And we're very excited. We have special guests with us today. Third time on the podcast, Mr. Adam Nave, his hat trick. Hello, fellas. This week's movie, I'm just going to say it up front. This is probably my favorite movie of all time. I don't know if there's a movie I laugh at harder than that. Even when I rewatch it this time around, I still was making the bed shake. I was laughing so hard. The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Released on August 19th, 2005, it had a budget of $26 million and made $109 million in the U.S., $177 million worldwide. So this was an absolute home run for the box office. What would you guys guess the Rotten Tomato score is from the critics? 77. Uh, that's, that's a probably pretty good guess. I was going to say lower than that, 72. Actually, 85%. Wow. I was surprised. I figured with a lot of the dirty humor and sexual stuff in it, I figured it would not do well. But, you know, R-rated comedies usually don't do that well, but it did. The audience score, actually a tick lower, 84%, which really surprised me. You would think audience score would be higher, but who knows? IMDb score, you were guessing 7.7, 7, Adam. It's 7.1 wow. out of 10. So a little lower than, than one would think. The cast of the movie, starting with the director. Usually we don't do the director, but this one is, is well-known enough. Judd Apatow, who did Knocked Up. He was the producer for Anchorman. He was the producer for Step Brothers. And he was the producer for Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I have something about a little bit later uh, involving Jason Siegel. Main character, Andy, played by Steve Carell. He's going to be our feature uh, actor a little later. Catherine Keener plays the love interest, Trish. The only thing I really know her from, I know she's been in a lot of stuff in like the, the 80s and 90s, I guess, but she was in The Incredibles too. She was the bad guy. I'll well, tell the you, bad girl, I guess. Children, I recognized her as well. Yes, <laughs> I recognized the voice at first, and then uh, once I actually saw it, which, it, Mike, if you haven't seen Incredibles 2 yet with your, with your nieces, it's really I've good. I've seen Incredible 1 first, too. She was in Into the Wild oh. as well with Emil Hirsch, I remember. Yeah, never saw that one. Super depressing. If, you, if you're ever in too good of a mood, you should watch that. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Next, uh, Romney Malco plays Jay. He was in Blades of Glory and Baby Mama. And he, he didn't... I have more to say about him later. I, I feel like he should have had a much, much, much better career than yep. he did. I, I thought he was so funny, especially in this. And just, I don't know, for some reason, it never took off for him. Next... The ageless Paul Rudd plays David, Anchorman, Ant-Man, Clueless, Role Models, about 6,000 other movies that you've seen and liked. Seth Rogen plays Cal. 
He was in Knocked Up, Pineapple Express, Super Bad. This is the end. Is it fair to say his? This is the end. Is it fair to say his career's kind of fallen off a little bit? No. In the last like five years. No. I wouldn't say. What's he been in recently? That. Well, in the last like five years, who? he did that sausage party. It's Cal- Seth Rogen. Doesn't matter. He writes a shit ton though. Yeah. Oh, he does. He's, well, that, that's he's writing. Okay. He's writing shit on like Hulu all the time. Like he had that future Future Man that he's done like two seasons of. Oh, see, like I missed all. He that, did lots yeah. of lots of writing. He was just on the cover of GQ, gotcha. which makes me think he's not on the downswing. He he was just he's just no, in that movie no. now that with uh, what's her face, Lion King. No, no. Um. Well, he's Pumbaa in the live action Lion King. Well, oh well, there maybe. you go. All right. Well, I take back what I said then. You know, I'm way yeah, off. you are way off. Next is Jane Lynch. She plays Paula. She was in Role Models. She was in Glee. Um, she actually hosts. They do a game show on, I don't know, Fox or ABC, one of those networks. They do Hollywood Game Night. She's the host of that now. That's like the only thing I, I only things I've ever really she's seen in her in. She's made a couple of random cameos. She's in The Fugitive? Yeah, dude. She's the one that checks the samples out for him. Yeah, man. The she's the sample. doctor. Oh, you beauty. I shit. forget her name, but he says, you beauty, when they're like looking at the... I remember. I it's I didn't notice it, obviously. Who even reckoned, I didn't even think about her at all. At all until this came no, up, and I looked no. at it. And I was like, "Is that that chick?" I was like, <laughs> "That's the only Jane Lynch role where she's not playing a Jane Lynch type character." Exactly. Yes. Yes. Where she's not playing right. herself, like George Clooney in a George right, Clooney so, role. Yes, George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven <laughs> and uh, <laughs> The Descendants. He's a Daniel Ocean like uh, Michael Clayton, one, or a Daniel Ocean yeah. you know, businessman, lawyer. Uh, up in the air, all the same character yep. essentially. But likable, of course. Uh, the last two I have, um, I didn't put them. There, I have a bunch of cameos because there are a bunch of cameos in this, which I'll, I'll mention in a minute. But the last two I have is Elizabeth Banks plays Beth. She went on, did Zach and Mary make a porno, Pitch Perfect. Uh, she actually, speaking of game shows, she hosts. Now they they brought back um, Pressure Luck, and it's on TV now, and she's the host of that too. She's been in a bunch of other stuff too, kind of small she's things here and there. But she does a lot of your boy uh, Zach Braff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, she's the, she does a lot of writing and producing now, too, kind of like Seth Rogen does. And the last one I have is Leslie Mann plays Nikki. I know she's in it for a small port of this, but uh, she did This Is 40, The Other Woman. She was the voice in Rio. She's been in a lot of other stuff, too, uh, that, that I've seen her in. But what's, the, what's everyone that where – God, what the hell is his name? Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman switch bodies. It's a terrible movie. Don't ever watch it, but she's in that too. It's from about 10 years ago. There's one I saw too where it was like her and uh, Kate Upton and I forget who, but they're all like... That's the uh, that's the other... They're all like cheating. That's the, the other husband, woman. Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones is cheating on all of them. Yeah, so he's married to Leslie Mann. Right. He's cheating on her with Cameron oh, Diaz. Yeah, Cameron Diaz and Leslie Mann become friends and then finally he's cheating on them with right. Kate Upton. Aaron, Aaron watches that movie every time it's on TV. <laughs> yeah. All right, so there's a lot of random cameos in this, too. Uh, a very young Kat Dennings before her career took off. A very young Jonah Hill before he lost all the weight. It's like his first thing. It's that and Grandma's Boy was were his first things. Uh, Mindy Kaling made her first appearance in this. You see Mo Collins, who was on Mad TV for a long time. Nancy Carell, who's Steve Carell's <laughs> wife. She's been in a couple things yeah. here and there. 
uh, Cedric Yarborough, who was on Reno 911, David Koechner from about every other movie ever made. Every other Steve Carell appearance. <laughs> yes. Uh, Kevin Hart, who gets a small part in this before his career took off. And then I just had to throw her in there. Stormy Daniels managed to make it into this movie, too. <laughs> yeah. She was a very popular adult film actress at the time, and she has recently, we'll just say, been in the headlines. So anybody I missed that's in the movie that you guys want to point out? That's about everybody. It's a big list. Okay, Mike, why don't you give us the movie synopsis, then? All right. Andy has done quite a, quite a few things in his life. He has a steady job at an, electric, at an electronics store, a nice apartment, with a large collection of action figures and comic books. He's even got a few friends and a positive attitude. But there's just one thing he hasn't quite gotten around to doing yet. Something most people have done at his age and done a lot. And he has never done the dirty deed. During a poker game with his new, new co-worker buddies, Andy nervously tries to fit in and describe what a titty feels like. And he says, a bag of sand. In response, they immediately call him out for being a virgin. Although they think he's a bit of an oddball, the three consider it their duty to help Andy out of his dire situation and go to great lengths to help him. But nothing proves effective enough to lure their friend out of chastity until he meets Trish, a 40-year-old mother of three. Oh, and did I mention she's also a grandmother? He's nervous about telling her the truth about his virginity, and the subject of sex in general. So he agrees to a mutual 20-day no-sex policy. Eventually, he learns to overcome his insecurities and discovers sex, romance, and Aquarius. Done. (laughs) (laughs) 40-year-old virgin in 90 seconds. Yes. Well, before we move on to the next part, Let's take a break with a word from our sponsor. All right. So this movie is going to be very hard to, uh, I'm going to say, keep the horses in the stable (laughs) in terms of the best scenes and the best lines. So please stick with us as we go through this, because there are a lot of them. Adam, since you're our guest, why don't you rattle a couple off for us that you, you like? My absolute favorite one is Kevin Hart and Jay arguing over that stereo. (laughs) I'm also going to need that extended warranty on it for the price of on the house. Hmm? That I can't do. Now you're being condescending. See, mm-hmm. You've been warned, all right? Let's move forward amicably. Okay, well, so check I- this out. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's great. And that was, I remember watching that and thinking, that guy's oh, funny. Yeah. Little did we know he was going to be in, you know, he's probably worth, what, $300 million yeah, now? Know, something ridiculous, I'm sure. Some some absurd amount of money, because he, he's in everything. He's in, like, every third movie. He and The Rock make a movie together once a year. I love their Twitter back and forth. Oh, I don't follow either the one Rock. of them. I know, Mike, you follow The Rock on Instagram, right? Oh, yeah. He always alludes to him as, like, his little brother or, like, a little turd. Like, he, like, he, he like... <laughs> He like you know he like photoshops pictures of like his face on him when he's like holding like a child. He's like I'm <laughs> holding my like buddy here, and it's like it's like got Kevin Hart's face on it, you know. But I digress. That that's that's one that I laugh at every time, even though I know it's coming. Yes, I actually was anticipating it and kept waiting for it because I thought it was earlier in the movie. 
And I forgot it's, it's not till almost the end because it's, it's that. Then he finds out he's a dad. Then they have the party at the end. I didn't realize how late in the movie that was. I, I, I don't know why I kept thinking that that scene was earlier. I, was I like, like when Andy walks in and he thinks like everything's fine. He's like panicked because he didn't sleep the night before. So he thinks, oh my God, this is going to be bad. Everyone's going to make fun of him because they found out he's virgin. And for the first few seconds, like nobody says anything. They just like nod at him. And then it just cuts to Jay on the couch in the middle of a store with customers <laughs> yes. in it. It's like, Friday, Saturday, it's going to be coming at you in waves. And it's just like a rap video with like a car wash and like tits and ass and stuff yep. on these all the big screens. <laughs> and he's like pelvic thrusting on top, you know. Yes. I love that. I love uh, Aziz is laughing with the customer about it. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> By, by, well, actually, by Sunday, your nuts gonna be drained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, actually, so I good. put that that one together with. I actually put the whole poker scene because I forgot how funny that that whole the whole conversation that goes on from the very beginning, all the way through the talk he has with Mooj about it's not about cock and balls. The whole thing, <laughs> like I kind of put that all together into one because it just it's constant laughing. Oh, I, I have I have that added into that scene as well. Yeah, that's whole. Yeah, I ca- I kind of included it all in one just because it was too hard to cut up and pick those three in a row. I just kind of said tape roll from the time that poker scene starts to the time they get uh, to the very end. One thing that's underratedly funny, and I I look I tried to look and I don't know if it's if they have it in there or I, if it was on purpose or not. But you notice when he goes into the store that morning, he's carrying his tire and he gets stuck in the door. Yeah, I don't know why that makes me laugh every time. I'm mad and frustrated about it, but I don't. I, I don't know if that was on purpose or if that was on accident. They kept it in the in the thing. I think it's underrated the lines for that guy too. The Indian guys. He says instead of like oh, Moj, shit, he's great. Shit, he says hog shit, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> and like, why are you always tell me to fuck a go fuck a goat? You know, like uh, yeah, <laughs> he knew he was gonna say it, and he like yells it anyway. That that guy's yes, underrated yes. in the movie. Oh, he's very underrated in the movie. I like, um, well, you stole the poker scene. That was, that was one of mine as well. But, um, I love the speed dating scene where Paul Rudd just gets completely trashed. (laughs) And Jay's like, you know, feigning to be a doctor and Dr. Montalban saving a child's (laughs) life. And Seth Rogen likes, uh, Gina. Yeah. Gina, that played by Mo, the previously mentioned Mo Collins. Yeah, that's that whole scene was perfect. Like they, the way they like cut around, they don't like just stick on one of the conversations the whole time. They like cut to Seth Rogen to, you know, the girl from the from Minnesota, you know, and like back and forth. Yep. <laughs> I liked. Uh, I'm sure it's not on purpose, but how Seth Rogen uh, peppered in his little Canadians uh, when he's saying like. You know, you're torturing my friend, and, and, you know, she says, I moved, I changed my email, and she's listening to all the stuff she did. Yeah. Well, I didn't know all that, so I'm sorry. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, knew, I didn't notice the story in there. Yeah. And, like, there's, there's one in Dumb and Dumber that Jim Carrey does, too. Like, they just, like, they can't help it, I think, you know. The, the natural Canadian accent comes out. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add on to that, because uh, what comes right after that is the Jay's girlfriend finding his speed dating card. <laughs> yeah. So you actually wrote that one girl looked like she was hurting for a squirting? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, hurting for a squirting. I wrote that. Oh, so you wrote ho for show. Yeah, I remember that girl. She was a hoe. For show. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. And, and coming after Andy about but it. But Andy's response is completely it, unexpected. Oh, yeah, you didn't, you didn't see that coming at all. Bitches be running wild. <laughs> also, and then we'll add in the Paul Rudd taking the camera and giving himself the quote-unquote public colonoscopy. <laughs> and the customer that Wisdom's really funny is like, I'm just here for a cordless phone. <laughs> yeah. Could you point me the directions where there are cordless phones? <laughs> like he doesn't, he doesn't walk away. He just keeps standing there listening to him. Ask of a man going to a club, maybe to a nightclub. I'll I'll go with that one, Mike. Why don't you why don't you give us a, a, a couple here? Just the you know the the stuff you guys talked about. What happened with everybody but Andy at the speed dating? Like you guys talked about oh, Gina, the, but you uh, didn't talk about how Gina was yeah. like how he he had a very you know had a very like female feminine features he's like you know you could put a little rouge on him tuck the old sack back <laughs> no um, my, and my favorite one is by far when she comes up and she's like hi he's like she's like are you fine she's like yeah so you're fine then are you fucking retarded do you want me to be fucking retarded <laughs> like yes <laughs> like how he just and she's um she is in she's in a couple other things she's in stepbrothers she interviews those guys for the yeah, she's a stepbrother, but she's also in The Hangover. She it, she plays Bradley yeah. Cooper's wife at the very end. I mean, she's only in for a second, but no, yeah, really, stepbrother is probably where I remember her from the most because she plays essentially exactly. You wore tuxedos to a job interview that required you to clean bathrooms. Uh, speaking of Seth Rogen, he was in that too. Yeah. Also interviewing <laughs> another yeah another interview. Yeah, also interviewing. Yeah, give me give me one or two more, and then I've, I've got a couple. If if you don't, um, I, I gotta go. I'll never forget the first time I saw that chest waxing scene. And, she, and he walks in and the good lady, she takes off the shirt. She just goes, oh, we're going to need more wax. Speaking of the menu roll, Adam, that's in there. I'm yeah. saying like, ju- just like, I know it's an internet fact, but since we're there, it's all real. He actually got waxed, you know, and everything like that. And I'm just like, I can't, and you can see everybody in the background. You can tell that their reactions are real. Like genuine. Yeah. <laughs> So here's the here's the fact on it. The scene where Andy had his chest hair removed required five cameras set up for the shot. Steve Carell's chest hair was actually ripped out in the scene. Carell told director Judd, and make sure I say this right now. Apatow. 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 Just before shooting the scene, it has to be real. It won't be funny if it's mocked up or if it's special effect. You have to see that it's really happening. The scene had to be done all in one shot. Ooh. And if you watch, I think in the extras, they actually have the like behind the scenes of that scene too. I saw an interview with Seth Rogen where they were talking about it. And I guess like every one of those guys had to give like, I don't know, like five or 10 ideas of stuff for him to scream out. And the Kelly Clarkson one was Seth Rogen's. <laughs> she would, she had just won. It American is iconic Idol, at guess. this point. And I just see you randomly put it on there. Yeah. The, the Kelly Clarkson thing actually has become kind of iconic Yeah, definitely. as the thing to yell. If you asked anybody, like a random person on the street, not us, but like a random person on the street, 40-year-old virgin, what do you remember the most? It's going to be the chest waxing scene and the uh, Kelly Clarkson. I don't know. One of, one of the most iconic lines, which I'm going to talk about that scene, is when they go to the, the club and he, you know, he's like talking about looking for drunk bitches. <laughs> he's yeah. like, not that drunk. She's too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but clinically alive. <laughs> and, and then uh, when he gets in the car with her, and he's sober, she's wasted, they're driving, and she's all over the place. And... Harvey! 
get some fucking French toast. The amount of times I've heard people say that line too is just, oh yeah, oh, is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, makes out with her and he's like, it tastes like shellfish, and then she pukes on him and he's just like, did you have a daiquiri? <laughs> uh, I read, let me see if I put that in there or not. No, I think I read somewhere, though, that it was like yogurt and strawberries or something is what she did mm. to, to spit on him. Still pretty gross. It's, yeah, it's still pretty, pretty nasty. Goes in somebody else's mouth. Yuck. Oh, um, from my last night, two, two left of We'll see, Ed might say one of them, so if he doesn't, I'll say it, but um, okay. I was going to say the, uh, when he's, just the scene where he's finally, when he's with Trish that first date, and he's like trying to hook up with her, just the condom scene. When he's just like fucking <laughs> with all the condoms, and he's like re- trying to read the the instructions, blowing up the condoms, like, can I try your magnum when he puts in the zombie? He's just like, oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I left later when he's trying to explain it, he's like, couldn't get the condom on, and then one exploded on the balls. <laughs> yep. But it was downhill so from he there. Says it. Like, that's where it's yeah. going to go downhill. Yeah, once one explodes on your balls. But, yeah, go ahead, Ed. <laughs> okay, so I had two more. The, you know how I know you're gay scene. Yeah. It's just too good. You know how I know that you're gay? Oh. You like the movie Made in Manhattan? You know I know you're gay? How? I saw you make a spinach dip in a loaf of sourdough bread once. You know how I know that you're gay? Oh. You have a rainbow bumper sticker on your car that says, I love it when balls are in my face. That's gay. Uh, the whole scene is improvised. I, I, I read that numerous places. The sat down. They just said, just roll camera. Unfortunately, out of all the ones that are said, probably the funniest one and the one that made them crack when they did it isn't, it's in like the extra version you can watch. And he, I think it's, I think it's Paul Rudd says it. He goes, your dick tastes like shit. And Seth Rogen just starts breaking right there. He can't, he can't take it anymore. <laughs> and uh, I, read, I read somewhere that Judd Apatow had an original cut of this movie that was like an hour and, I don't know, an hour and 45 minutes, two hours long or something. And they, he sat down with the test audience and, the play, and then recorded an audio of the movie and the test audience at the same time. Whichever one's got the most laughs, he kept... And the rest he cut out. I, I guess that one is one of the because you walked like I don't know the director's cut or one of those extra ones. And there are some scenes that were not in there originally that are really funny and you just never oh, get to see. But mm-hmm. of all the you know I know you're gay that one's one of. My I, I was telling you that I you know I, I watched it on Netflix and I own it too. But I was just like, God, oh, it's on Netflix. I'll just watch it there. And there are just scenes I'm just like I'm like what, like why did why did they cut that out? I was like I don't understand. Like that even is bad. That's why. So annoying it's when he had the yeah, boner so, scene, you know, like <laughs> when he's calling the Viagra place. Oh, well, that's on the DVD. It's not, it's, it's not, yeah, on, it's not, a, it's not on Netflix. <laughs> it's not on Netflix. And I was just like, why is that the unrate? Why is that? But they'll show a titty well, on Netflix. Well, I just didn't understand. You're getting into like you. You guys are talking about like who would you you know recast? You were going to remake it. Like, good luck making that in 2019 that scene would no oh, it's the, the, there's a whole there's a whole thing of it but uh interesting thing about that scene mike do you know who it is on the other side of the phone that he's calling no judd apatow oh <laughs> he just plays it he puts an indian accent on oh. <laughs> i <laughs> yes. did not know that <laughs> it, it it goes right up there with the guy from short circuit pretending to be indian in, in terms of the worst indian accents i've ever heard 
And the other one I had, I'm surprised you guys haven't said this yet, is the information media. Uh, that's my last one, Ed, so I do have it. <laughs> <laughs> I had that one, and I had one more that I think is underrated, but is very, very funny. Well, uh, we, we, we can do the lines from the health clinic later, so go ahead, Nate, give the last when, one. Um, it's after he gets his chest waxed. He's, like, bouncing around to the different ones for, like, different advice. So this one is where he's now asking Seth Rogen for advice. They're carrying yeah. a big screen to a lady's car. And they just can pretend to like the lady's not there. It's like Seth it's like when I was growing pot and he like smashes it in the car. Yeah. She holds the money out and he just like snatches it, doesn't say like thank you or anything like and they just keep talking yes, and walking. He just away. keeps going. Yes. Even when he puts it back in the car, it makes like a glass right. shattering like sound. <laughs> yeah. and, and and the whole time they're carrying out like they're stopping, like, look at this hot chick, you know, like yeah. it's so inappropriate. <laughs> so and, uh, an important thing I'm going to point out, because you kind of said it right there, but we've kind of gone through it, this whole thing. What made this movie work, the premise was funny, but all the little subtle things in this movie are what made it absolutely yeah, hysterical. There's... Like all the little tiny small things, that, things like that, that were thrown together. Probably a lot of it was improvised. You know, it was probably a loose script because how Appetite yeah. usually works. I mean, you like, the funniest thing about this movie is that the fact that both your parents what? watched it together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> just popped in my head right now. I was like, wait, both of your parents watched this together. I remember hearing that story and being like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my mom is not yeah. good. We, I, was, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I think, was it your brother put it on I with him? I don't remember. I don't remember exactly how that started, but he's right. That happened in my dad's theater room. All right, so... That's all the scenes we have for now. We've gone through some of the quotes. Let's pick our favorite quotes from our favorite scenes or our favorite quotes that are not in our favorite scenes, and let's run with it. Kennedy, you can start this time. Man, that's not in our favorite scenes. I guess one of the... It can be um, in your favorite scenes. There's certain ones okay. you want to highlight that we haven't um, touched on yet. i say one of my favorite quotes is... It's kind of that whole conversation towards the very beginning when Seth Rogen's talking about his Tijuana, Mexico. <laughs> and, and, and then it's another great scene. And then he, he asks him what he did this week, and he's like, you know, I was really craving an egg salad sandwich. <laughs> he just starts going through everything he had to go buy for it. He's like, all the accoutrements. Like, for some reason, how many times have we said that to, like, the accoutrements? <laughs> what is this shit? <laughs> what <laughs> like, a man. Yeah, I know. It's just, like, even more like that, too. And then at the end, he's just like, Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. Like you know. Well, one thing he does after that is when he does the gun to the head and then the explosion yeah. out the side. Yeah, that's a move that has been done. It's not a quote; it's just a visual, I guess you could say, that's been used oh, a lot. I know the whole Paul Rudd, Michael McDonald DVD scene. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours than have to listen to Michael McDonald. Nothing against him, but if I hear Yamo be there one more time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground. I gotta, I don't know what he says it I gotta wonder, like... I got to work, and I got, I'm really excited to tell you something, and like you don't expect him to get into what he does there. Well, now, two things out of that. One, it, it's I want to know who picked Michael McDonald to be that thing. I wonder if it was like a running joke someone already knew, or it kind of fell into their lap and they just ran with it. Because for it to be Michael McDonald, the same DVD playing all the time, I wonder if that was something like someone had, like someone that worked, you know, an assistant producer or something. Like, listen, man, I used to work in this TV store, and this Michael McDonald DVD was on all the time. It drove us crazy. Like that might be, 
or you know, it's something like, hey, let's just have this random thing playing all the time, and they end up picking Michael McDonald on purpose. The other thing is, anytime I hear Michael McDonald's name or Michael McDonald sing, because there's no question when you hear him sing, it's him. This is all I can think of, is it? Yeah, you're putting the pussy on the pedestal, turn it into the great Greek god, puss, goddess called Pusalaya. <laughs> That's the second time I've heard that. <laughs> If you're talking about that scene, David Koechner's is absolutely hilarious. He's in the movie for like ten seconds. He's hilarious the whole time. Yes, oh, I know. My son's doing mar- sex acts. My marital bed acts that are illegal in Alabama. Is there a question? How do I get my wife to do this? <laughs> <It's, it's> like, <laughs> that uh, you can do things other than vaginal intercourse. He prefers vaginal. He really does. <laughs> he really does. Yeah. Dave just like little things that we always say, you know, just like, like said, when he finds the speed dating car and he's just like, she was a hoe, bo show, like, <laughs> said that a thousand times. Um, also, when I was in college, Tim would just call my phone, even if he didn't have anything to say, and if, he would hopefully get the voicemail, and when he did, he would just go, huh? And that's, <laughs> as I'm sitting here watching yep. Aaron, and that scene... When that scene came up, I told Aaron that exact story, and she looked at me like, "Why?" So, he did it like three times funny. a day. We would, we would, I think every, I think I had a few of those on my cell phone too, like just random like voicemails that just were like, "Huh," and just, <laughs> just you know, like at the actually when he calls her again, and just at the very end when she's like, ends it. And, See you later, James. Nice to talk to you. Fuck your mother, okay? Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> that was a very popular line, especially by Dice. Um, they always like you got to highlight your attributes. You think it was all premeditated? You know, it's in our DNA to tackle drunk bitches. <laughs> I like when he's watching from afar in the stories, like Gazelle in the pink top. I like that he refers to her as a gazelle. <laughs> like he obviously Andy doesn't talk to him at all, talk to her at all. He gets like some other guy right. and like sells him. Some random guy, some seventy-four-year-old Asian. But that man. was an underrated yeah. line. Like, pink is it? Or gazelle on the pink top? I like that. Yep. You guys just really just chime in if you've got anything because I've got a thousand. You know what's you know? amazing is I have like I have like eight or nine here, and none of them are the ones that you said. So well, it's like well, I'm just like talking about just like you know, even just like when they're talking about you know, got to get yourself a couple hood rats first, you know, <laughs> just like yeah. Just using the t- 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 I just think all the uh, words that we used to say like in college, and I'm like, now they're all coming back to me. Or, uh, I don't want to be a, a home big runner. Home runner. And then my my uncle, yeah, my uncle used to drive a home runner. From now, from now on, my dick is your dick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Um, I got, I got, I said, I got, I could totally say. Seventy percent of this movie is very, very quotable. <laughs> it's about connection. It's all about connections. It's such about cock and ass and pits mm-hmm. and butthole pleasures. It's not about butthole pleasures at all. It's not about this rusty trombone and dirty Sanchez. Please stop. And the Cincinnati bow tie. Moosh. And the pussy juice cocktail. And the, the shit stained balls. Moosh, just please stop. <laughs> <laughs> please stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a couple I'll throw in there then. Uh, because we just did Moosh, the conversation between he and Jay when J- he poaches Jay's customer... <laughs> and they're going to fight. And he gets real mad. He goes, Sick of you poaching my customers. I'm sick of your crybaby bullshit. You want, you want to take the shit outside? You want to just take it outside and just squash it? Let's stay inside so everybody can see what a, what a pussy you have, okay? Because when I remove the, the blade, I keep in my boot from a sheet. 
I can't return it until it has spilled blood. Okay. Like he says it. It's so good. Uh, I, what I like, uh, out of all the things in the poker scene, my favorite one. Dude, are you gay? No, I'm not gay. I've been with tons of women. I touched a guy's balls at Hebrew school once. Dude, it's not a big deal. You like to fuck guys. I'm cool. I got friends that fuck guys in jail. And says it real, real like, fast. Yeah. Real straight faced. Yeah. That one's pro- that might be my favorite line in the whole movie, to be honest. Um, one we've used a lot is... It- wow, this is uh, pretty crowded. Yeah, well, you know, $9 beer night. Anytime you're in a fancy place. DC. Mike, you already said the French the French toast thing, but I like after she gets hit, she goes, the fucker came out oh, of Oh, yeah, that's a great one, too. One I use a lot is after they get her number and they do the they go out to celebrate it. He's like... When should I call her? You like her? Yeah, yeah you definitely don't want to call her. When is the next Olympics? I use that one a lot, just to refer to it needs to be a long time from now. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, a couple other small ones that just kind of random. First time he meets, I think I got this out of order. The first time he meets Trish, they, <laughs> they're they trying to, like, David's like, oh, I'm, working, I'm, I'm on my break or something, or I'm working with a customer. Cal just goes, no hablo English, lady, <laughs> just walks away. <laughs> that's a good one. One we've always used is the Matt Damon. I always thought, yeah, I, th- I thought Matt Damon was a Streisand. Yeah. Was one that's underrated. And then I think my, what might be your favorite one, Adam, at least from what I know, is get the fuck out of the road version. Yeah. I called that in the theater. When he's laying on the ground. I said something very I do remember that. I said, if somebody's just laying in the road, I would say that. I didn't say the virgin part. But, like, they're just laying no, there no, talking and then for immediately like a really long time. They're in L.A. and nobody's, like, honking their horn or saying anything. So that's all the ones I had. I, there's more, obviously, but I, I want to just hammer through those real quick. Uh, Nave, do you have any more you want to throw? I at? liked um, when Cal is arguing with David, like that he should talk to that hot chick, and he flicks him in the balls, and he says, "You just flick me in the ball sack, man." No, I flicked you in the fleshy patch where your balls used to be. And he like punches him, <laughs> yes. pulls his ear. Well played, <laughs> sir. <laughs> he like goes over and talks to the chick. <laughs> just the fleshy up. patch where your balls used to be. I like that one. Uh, Mike, any more from you? Any more you want to highlight? I could, like you said, I could quote this movie nonstop. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm sure well, I'm I'm gonna, sure I'll think of more me, as it comes up. Let me ask this, because I was going to do this a little later, but we just went through a lot of this. Do you think, I came with a list of five, but do you think this is the movie we've quoted the most in our life, at least around each other? So here were five, really five and a half movies I had. This, Super Troopers, Anchorman, Office Space, and then I put kind of Wedding Crashers and Old School together because they're kind of the same movie, to be honest. A lot of Wedding Crashers. Um, yeah, like I was trying to think, I was thinking last night, and I was trying to think today, like if you can think, and even as we're going, you can bring any more up, but I feel like this might be the movie we've quoted the most in our life. As we were going through this, I mean, those are ones we use in everyday conversation all the time. It d- definitely. It's definitely front runner. Even when she pulls that thing out, she's like, "What is this? A roofie?" Day yeah. like, "It's a Mentos, instead of yeah. fresh maker." <laughs> one was uh, another one that we we didn't mention that I've used. Uh, he's like, "I'm looking for the drunk people." He's like, "I, I, Captain Yellow Shirt." Uh, like the little stuff like that in the movie that ends up getting pulled out time and is time again. Is it true again. that if you don't use it, you lose it? Is that a serious question? No, <laughs> yes. It's not. No. Again, we could quote this entire movie. So, 
All right, we'll move on. And if any more come up, bring them up. And if you think of any of the movies, bring them up. So favorite character or characters? Nave, you can start Jay, this one. And it's not even close. Damn it. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. I, I have Jay. <laughs> I even put Mooj is pretty good. <laughs> you know, just like the news. <laughs> yeah, I put Mooj as, as, as my number two. But Jay is, he is pitching a thousand <laughs> yeah, miles an hour in this so movie. Good the whole time. <laughs> Every scene he's in, he steals. By far, every line he says is flawless, and it's the, his his speed of delivery is what makes it even <laughs> you better. You got to remember from the train, he didn't. Like, he just a, like looks off. He doesn't say anything. He yeah. just like looks off in the distance. He's a ha- and they like change the scene. It's so funny. Yeah, he's like a half a beat faster than everybody else, and he's just so good. <laughs> Moosh. Moosh is pretty I'm just, good. I'm, I'm just thinking about good. like that whole scene you guys were talking about when him and Jay are arguing about the customer. Just how he ended. He's just oh, he's just so like. Good. Do you see a fucking turban? You know, or something like that. He's just like, hey, Jay, do you want the Slurpee? He's like, fuck you, okay? I was born in Brooklyn. Um, Yeah. Uh, My accent is fucking Brooklyn. He gets called his accent. I could have used about one or two more Mooj scenes in the movie. Not a lot more. Yeah. It was just enough to make you wanting more. All right. So, our top five this week, we're doing Steve Carell. And do you want to go? Okay, uh, Mike, do you want to go, or do you want me to start? Um, you can go ahead. In reverse order, uh, I'm going to go number five. Get smart. Number four, I have forty year old virgin because as much as I love this movie, he is like the ninth best character <laughs> in this movie, maybe the twelfth. He's perfect for what he does. He has to be. I don't want to call him the straight, but he's kind of the stiff, and he he plays it perfectly. But it's everybody else in the movie that's really really funny. Uh, number three, I have Despicable Me because I watch this all the time with my kids. They are kind of funny. Uh, number two, I have The Office, and number one, I actually have The Big Short. If you've ever seen it, it's a really, really I, I good movie. And I really literally good have it. it on my on my top five, but I have it on on there at the bottom. It's not in the top five. I said I need to see The Big Short. It is on my list. No, <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. It it's like it makes you hate everyone <laughs> and want to move away, but. Uh, it's it's such a good movie, and Steve Carell's really good in it, especially the scene where he's talking to the stripper about buying a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars house. That scene is tremendous, and he plays it so well. One you didn't mention that uh, I think he doesn't, funny, and I think it's funnier than Get Smart was Date Night with Tina Fey. I thought that was a funny movie. I saw that. I don't know. It was, it was all right. Do it it was all right. Well, I didn't think. I didn't think. I Get just Smart watched it actually not though, that long ago. But... See, I liked Get Smart more than that. I don't know. They're they're both around the same same range. It's just, as long as you don't put Evan Almighty on there, I'm okay with it. Yeah, He's actually better in Bruce Almighty than Evan well, Almighty. Also, but... if you're putting in movies that were good, but not because of him, Anchorman has to be on that list. Yeah, but I can't yeah, stand him. Yeah, he's the worst Anchorman. character by like, far. He's just... The movie's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And I, the only reason I had The Office below the big short is because I'm not like you, Adam. I'm, I'm not, I don't watch it regularly. Oh. I, I'll watch it if that's it's on. Easily. And I'll be like, oh, that's funny. But to me, like I just, I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's funny. But I'm not, I'm not one of those people that watches it religiously. I never got into it to begin. Not with, everything that and he I'm not, does in that show is hilarious, but there is so much hilarious stuff that that would have to be number one. Well, David Keckner is Todd Packer. It's just <laughs> yeah. so good. Again, speaking of David Packer, Keckner, but Packer banged all of them. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, uh, any more that you want to add in that I missed? Or um, if you've got a, an I, order you want to um, I have The Office on there. I got 40 Old Version on there. I have Despicable Me on there. Actually, threw Anchorman on there just because it's a good movie. Not, like you said, not because of his role. 
in spite of him. Um, yeah. Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. That one. Mm. That's a good Pretty movie. good one. Um, and then I put in Foxcatcher. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a wrestling one. I never watched that's that. He's real weird. Sad, he, he, played, he, he plays John DuPont, who, like, pretty much, like, spent all this freaking money to build, like, pretty much tried to make the wrestling Olympic team, like, the best wrestling team ever. He had the two Schultz brothers, like, part of it. And then he yeah, kills he one, of them, right? one of them. Yeah. It's, they film that in Pittsburgh, actually, across. They were filming across the street from where I was working. They needed somewhere gray and depressing, so Pittsburgh. Yes, so they picked Pittsburgh, yeah. And that gave them tax breaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, any more Steve Carell things that we want to sprinkle in there? No, nah, he's done a bunch it, of like new sad movies that I haven't seen, so I couldn't. I'll say um, a movie that I, I didn't put this on at the time, but it's it's kind of okay. I'll say is um, they made the what is it Arthur and the terrible horrible no good very bad day, they made a movie out of that. It's not terrible. It's not. It's it's okay. It's more of a family movie. Like you would might like it. Maybe Nave Kennedy you would not. <laughs> Thanks. So. Oh, I don't like family sure. movies. I just watch them now. Oh. <laughs> you just watch them. Now. Um, I would say too. Like you know, he's obviously. His startup was The Daily Show, and he was good on The Daily Show when he was yeah, there. Was yeah, he was good on The Daily Show. I should have, I should have added that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was probably. I should have. I, that on I wish I could find. That, this. That, I forgot about him being on. We were there. watching it live, Ed, and he and Stephen Colbert, or maybe it was Stephen Colbert, and uh, maybe it wasn't him. Never mind. Remember, like they were just laughing. It was definitely not planned. John Stewart and I. I thought it was Steve Carell, but it might have been Stephen Colbert. But they were just laughing uncontrollably. No, I don't remember that one. But I just realized something. When you said Carell and Colbert, I completely dropped the ball. They were the the voice of the biggest gay duo. Oh, yeah. Carell and Colbert. I completely forgot about that. That is their number one. <laughs> well, his number one. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, Google it. TV Funhouse, SNL, and biggest gay duo. You'll Speaking laugh for hours. Speaking of things that wouldn't fly in 2019. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Yeah. Let's move on to thoughts on the movie. I'll do some general stuff here first. I don't have any facts to add in that are, are pertinent or prudent to say there. Uh, I'm pretty sure this movie takes place in Los Angeles, right? Sure seems like it. Yeah, I thought for a long time I thought it was in uh, San Diego because of the Tijuana thing. But, you know, L.A. is just an extra two hours. I, there was something else that I saw that made me think more of it being L.A. than not, but I can't remember what it was now. The opening sequence... The whole, like him waking up. Who the fuck has that much time to get ready? In the well, movie? the place is the place. The place is open until I saw. I saw ten o'clock. So he does have a. Yeah, I was going to say if, if if you don't get up until if you don't have to go to work until eleven, you you can do that kind of stuff. But like when we watch this movie in two thousand five, six, seven, we were in our early twenties. That means if you had to be at work at ten o'clock, you woke up at nine thirty eight. Not not five, like or six, like he does. So that you know, if you're forty years old and you you have no nightlife, then sure, you wake up when the sun comes up, and then you have the time for that. But I know, like when we used to do that, it was like, okay, what is the last possible time I can wake up to be at work and not have to do anything? Uh, another thing in the opening scene, the hot blonde that approaches him. And says, "What's the difference between this and this?" And Jay jumps right in. Yeah, in the like the right opening. 
That's Jim Jeffrey's baby mama in real life. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> if you've heard him talk about it on his stand-up and stuff. I feel like I'm supposed to like Jim Jeffries. I just don't. I don't. I don't like him. His show's He's funny, a two-faced too. asshole in real life. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I'm just not. Says I'm one watching. thing, does another thing. I keep watching his stand-up thinking, like, I should like this. And I just, I'm. You just, yeah, it doesn't do it for you? I, I used to, and then I started watching, like, videos that he, like, he was editing, he's doing interviews and editing videos and editing stuff out that were, like, trying to make people look real bad. And I was just like, this guy's an asshole. I was like. <laughs> Interesting to know. Just no. I can see that. He seems like, like I've seen his stand-up, and I think it's okay. But it's like now that I see that, it's like I don't know why. Like I, the fact I saw that, and I just like I'm like, oh, he's like this, not getting political, but you know, media lying almost type thing. And I was just like, this guy's an asshole. Pissed me off. Speaking of stand-ups, if you haven't watched it yet, there's a really funny one on Netflix. Nate Bargatze, the Tennessee kid, is pretty. I I started to watch it and then funny. I um I got interrupted and I didn't get to get through it. But he's, yeah, you sent that to me. About two months He's ago, definitely so a to check guy. out. Oh, Ed, I'd also like to chime in and tell you that I have started to watch Band of Brothers. Good, two oh, that's good. On your solid. list of things, two episodes in right now. Just started it. No, you're gonna. I'm surprised you. St- well, it was because it was after D Dub, and I was a little tired. Needed <laughs> a break. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Well, good. Um, and I can tell you, Adam Nave and I had a conversation about Creed and Creed 2 today. Yeah. And Adam agrees with me on Creed. I'm yet to see Creed 2. But I have a list of movies that Kennedy needs to see. And up there is Band of Brothers. He needs to see The Pacific. And he needs to see Hacksaw Ridge. I have not seen Hacksaw Ridge yet. Oh, it's it's tremendous. Then add that to your list, Adam. All right, back to this movie. <laughs> couple, uh, a couple more things I have. I don't have it in my best scenes. And we... we Brought on it in a little bit, but the whole sequence with Leslie Mann actually is pretty incredible because the way it starts versus the way it ends, like the, the way they just deconstructed the entire situation, starting with him having to blow in the breathalyzer, completely flipped the whole scene on its head. I thought that was really, really intelligently done. Also, his little like on the low, low five with yes. the way out. <laughs> yes. hilarious. They do it real fast. No one sees, but like, and that's the whole little like segment. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, you know, nobody says anything. They just like show that. I love. You were talking about that opening scene and just trying to pee in the morning. Spot on. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I remember tucking my pants in my socks too, riding a bike. Cause you don't want to get the grease. Oh, pants. I used to do that. I was like, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. When you're yeah. 12. Yeah. I remember yeah. doing that when you're obviously, yeah. When you're not 40, but when you're 12, I'll say, give anything else you have. Cause I want to get into the end. Oh, um, just that <laughs> when they go on the first date, it's like, she's making the biggest mistakes. She first thing she does talks about how she doesn't normally date guys like him. Nice guys like mm-hmm. him. And then starts talking about her previous relationships. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're, you're yes. doing, Dating 101, what you're doing wrong. Also, I don't know that you mentioned this in the cameos, but I would say it's pretty relevant. Like, in the same vein as, like, Seth Rogen and Kevin Hart, like, these are, was before they were unknown, but, like, Jonah Hill was trying to buy those goldfish boots in Trisha's oh, yeah. store. Yeah. Like, nobody knew who Jonah Hill was nope. at that time. Uh, and I we're going to do grandma's... so that I can wear them. Yeah, we're going to do Grandma's Boy at some point. 
we were bored, like insanely bored one night trying to kill time. And we watched all of Grandma's Boy with the director's commentary over top. And literally every single scene that Jonah Hill came on, they went nuts. They're like, there's Jonah. That guy's the funniest fucking guy we know. Like every single time he would come on the screen, they went nuts. And it, this was, I'm like, who is this guy? And then uh, that was right before Superbad came out. And obviously his career took off after that. But I'm just amazed how much he, from like these movies, how much older he looked in. He looks like a baby. He looks like he's like 15 years old in this. And in Superbad, he like his face looks older. You know I mean? Well, he did lose about like 30 pounds, and that helped some because he was really big in this. And then by the time Superbad came along, he at least looked like reasonable. And now he looks really skinny. He's lost a ton of weight. Well, like this is the end. He, he's like uh, pretty trim yeah. too. He's yeah, hilarious in that one. He's like trying to butter up. Well, I'll. I'll digress. That's different. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I know. I know exactly what you're saying. Adam tries to butter up, but he like talks shit about him behind his back, pretty much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the other guy, Jay, is doing the exact same thing. So that's what's funny too. Yeah. Dude, you're just there. So that's that's an underrated movie. There's a lot of like funny parts to that movie. They all hate Danny McBride. Yes. Like, like he's doing that like video that like. <laughs> video log yeah. or whatever and like Danny McBride just like drifts in the background he's like what are you doing oh just doing video log and he like walks away and he whips around fuck that guy <laughs> I love that part of that movie This I laugh every time Danny McBride I feel like he's been kind of quiet for a while hasn't he he's, Danny McBride in a Danny McBride type role he's, he's yeah. actually when you think about it too he's one of those guys that he, some of his roles have changed like he was in one of those like Prometheus movies Oh yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Alien movie. Yeah, I mean, God, I haven't seen that in forever. Like when it first came out on DVD, I think I saw it, and that's the last time I've seen it. I mean, you know, he, I mean, he's he still like does stuff, but but he had Eastbound and Down. He had Vice Principles, which is the same series, just worse. Yeah, that's right. He's been on Vice Principles. That's yeah. what's been. That's his most recent thing. But it was like he did that. I mean, Hot Rod was kind of small. Tropic Thunder. Like drink, that was like a goddamn thing. day. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> we're doing we're doing hot rod at some point. That's, too, that's yeah. by far. I'm just going to go ahead and say that's my favorite line in the whole movie. <laughs> that's yeah, no question. <laughs> we'll, we'll be we'll be doing hot rod in not this year, but in the near future, maybe next year. But we're definitely doing hot rod. That's a really really underrated movie. All right, back to this movie before we drift off too far. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. This has to be one of the worst movie endings ever, right? Easily. I mean, there's a lot of ways they could have ended it. And they, they had it had they just not done the dance sequence. Like, had they just ended it. Yeah, they could have just rolled credits. And they just rolled. Because the end is actually funny. Like, when he's, like, carrying her across the threshold and the guy's buffing the floor. Yeah. And you think he's just going to, like, okay, well, wait. Dude, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and then he comes in, like, 43 seconds. Yeah. And I mean, then that's, they... That's all they, how it should have ended. It's supposedly, like, a tribute to movies from the 50s or something or the 60s like that's why they did it it was supposed to be something like that and i guess somehow they still let it go like that if i were the test audience that would have been the one thing i would have come out of there and gone what the fuck was that yeah why did you do that it didn't ruin the movie because nothing could ruin this movie yeah but no you just you just turn it off like yeah, right before that scene, like as yeah. soon as you, you that I just turned it off. I just don't watch that last part. I've seen this movie a hundred and 
plus times and I've seen that ending once. I'm like, I don't need to ever see that again. I kept watching that ending, waiting for something funny to happen. <laughs> Never did. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I kept waiting for it to be like, not that. Yes. I thought it was like, going to be like some kind of dream sequence or I don't, I don't know what. Like in the I, middle of it, someone runs in and tackles someone like some type of yeah. physical humor, something, nothing, nothing. You keep waiting and waiting and waiting. So something other than what it was any other thoughts on the movie before the i know it's a movie but i want to correct myself real quick okay alien covenant not prometheus okay because i've never seen alien covenant so i was to say i was trying to think of prometheus I'm like where the fuck is he in that but that's why I, oh. I just knew it was like one of those two that had came out i couldn't remember if it was the first one or the second one and then the more i thought i was like it's the second one so then i had to look it up to make sure i wasn't wrong all right. He's also a different character in Heartbreak Kid, I would say, than his like loud, boisterous. He's the brother, right? Cousin he's like, or something. Yeah, yeah, random cousin. Well, he's not in it very much. He doesn't get a chance to be his usual self. He's just kind of there. He only gets yeah. like a line or two. That's a movie we would not be doing. <laughs> yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah. Felt like it, it could have had a lot to it. And it was a remake of a movie from like the 60s or something. So. Yeah, I think it's been remade a couple times. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get the premise, great. but it just it just didn't work. So I know it's a movie, but I'm not going to. This is not a spectacular film. Like, there's not a lot of crazy stuff that happens, other than that stupid ending, obviously. But there's not really like anything super unbelievable. It's kind of the way people react to things. It's I have one. The, okay. Uh, it's funny, but it's definitely not realistic. Andy goes back with that chick who wants to bang him. Yeah. And then they're all standing in the apartment. And then I I think they're all in the hallway, but Cal actually goes into the bathroom where there's yes. a naked woman by herself, like, yeah. in her apartment. And she just, like, laughs, like, oh. Well, yeah, that's true. I like that he doesn't say, like, hey, I'm Cal, or, like, any kind of line. He takes off his shirt and says, Cal. Yeah. And that's that's how it goes. <laughs> so that part of it, I think, is funny. but Yes, but that. That, that, unbelievable. Yeah, that's work. That, that's approaching sexual assault. <laughs> approaching <laughs> depends on what happened after that. Yeah, um, yeah. The only thing for me, there's actually a couple of things for me that I just started laughing at stuff that shouldn't happen, like when they go to that first club and like there's hot chicks everywhere. They're making out. I'm like, is this like freaking Vegas? You know, it's like what no, club it's are they me, at? Yeah. Like, the, it seems like a very chill yeah. club, but like they were just like making out everywhere. They have people like making out, yeah, and then people true. like laying there, like doing pa- shots off, passed out, completely passed out on the couch, but nobody's asking them to leave. It's like blatantly good point, and it's not wall to wall crowded either, and which is exactly. what it would be. She Trish has three daughters and isn't worried about making any noise. You know how long was she in the fucking bathroom for to put on like ten condoms and throw them on the ground? Attempt to put. Ten That's a good point. Did she think it was weird when she went to clean up the condoms? There were ten condoms laying on the floor, not used. Like, speaking of that part, like I don't believe that anybody would not know how a condom is. Like, it's pretty self-explanatory. Like, even if you never had sex, I don't think you're like blowing it up. He read the instructions too, and still couldn't figure it out. Like, it's it's a funny scene. Oh, it's great! Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, all of this works in the comedic humor of it. Um, but. It's, uh, but I, I literally had those the very next thing I was going to say. It's and <laughs> you said, Adam. But the, uh, he's not only is he a virgin, but he, he's 40 plus years old or how old he is, and he's still has not never driven a car either. Like, 
it's like uh, there's certain things like eventually i mean i'm sure there's other people who are 40 out there who probably actually haven't driven a car before but being a virgin and not driving a car like those two things like common things that happen in life having both those things not happen are very it's a very small thing and also when jay who who hooks up with a chick and leaves their condom on and gets caught i left my condom on yeah, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, uh, you're not going to take it off ever? <laughs> it's like, what? I like that he said he was a little tipsy. <laughs> Came back a little yeah. tipsy. <laughs> a, little, a little tipsy. That's so funny. You, you brought something up, Mike. I'm insecure. I, you can't tell. I brought You brought something up that I forgot about when you said things Andy's never done. He's never beat off. And I forgot about the giant box of porn. Boner Jams 08. <laughs> 03. Or 03, yeah. <laughs> and actually, interesting thing, he's wearing a shirt that says 03 on it. I noticed that this time I was watching it. While he's holding up the tape, it says Boner Jams 03. He has a shirt, and all it is is the number 0 and 3. A line we completely forgot. Actually, there's two of them that go with the, the big box of porn. One is... Look, I don't think you understand something, Dave. I don't, I don't want this stuff, okay? Because I don't do that that much. What, masturbate? Yeah. Dude, I've, I've jacked it twice since I've been here. Are you kidding me? Why not? Yeah, which is a good one. And then later, when Cal says, I hear you got Dave's box of, box of porn. You know how they put the black light on those things on 60 Minutes? You can see that thing from space. Two good lines that we completely forgot about. There's the Everybody Loves Raymond thing also is funny, too. But This is uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. That's probably not supposed to be. This is a good show. I just tape it sometimes. I know one of the things that people complained about for this movie as far as, like, realism is they're playing, I think, a PlayStation 2 game, but the controllers they have are for Nintendo 64. Oh, really? It's, like, hit, hitting buttons like, like mad. They are hitting buttons like crazy. Also, I like the old black couple that lives above. Yeah. I, uh, yep. What is wrong with this woman? <laughs> yeah, my man's All getting right, some any... tonight. <laughs> 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 yeah. Any anything else on the movie before we get to our last part? No. No, I think we covered it. All right. Well, before we get to the next part, a quick break with a word from our sponsor. All right. So, some internet facts. We already mentioned the chest hair ripping scene. Uh, another one: the "We Sell Your Stuff on eBay" store was a real store. It was written to the script after the location was chosen, and they saw it there. Another one, Judd Apatow had a part written for Jason Siegel with the character named Jason, but Apatow could not get the studio to approve his casting. Apatow advised Siegel, because of his unique brand of humor, to consider writing material for himself. Thus, Siegel wrote Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which Apatow served as one of the producers and which we just did last year. So if you're looking for a good laugh, that was a really good episode we did. Uh, the electronic store featured in the movie was not a set, but a repurposed staple store that had just shut down. And the last one, this one cracks me up every time. Haziz, pay, played by Shelly Malil, says, dark and cloudy with a chance of drive-by when referring to Jay arguing with Kevin Hart in 2010. Malil was convicted of attempted murder. And I think he just got out of jail, like, in the last, like, six months. Yeah, he's found guilty of stabbing his ex-girlfriend. Is that what it was? Yes, I have that, I have that yeah. back here, too. Yeah, is that what you said? Damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. You can give you can give the breakdown because I didn't I didn't actually give the details. Yeah, I did. That, literally, that's all I have is that it said he was uh, stabbing his girlfriend back in two thousand ex girlfriend in two thousand ten. That's the only thing just to highlight real quick of what it was. She, well, I bet he wasn't driving. Was she so pregnant? Ironic. Yeah. Was she pregnant? Uh, said I go. I don't don't know all I don't that. Think so. I feel like I feel like she was, but 
I guess he got like eight or nine years for attempted murder. They gave him attempted murder. Do you have any more, Mike? Yeah, I got a few. Uh, Universal Studios, Studios provided Carell and Apatow with case studies on middle-aged virginity. They read that older virgins were typically normal people who, according to Carell, at some point just gave up on the whole notion. It was more difficult to keep attempting than to give up. So they actually kind okay. of they played that off. Yeah. Yeah. It took seven weeks for his hair to grow back after the lacting team. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. I have to think, wouldn't you shave it first so you're not pulling – so much. They yeah, actually, but I think that's they why actually, they did that, though. They, well, yeah, obviously they wanted yeah. to have a mane of hair there, so it's very obvious. But I know that when a girl goes to get a Brazilian lap, they're not supposed to, like, shave in between waxings because it's going to hurt. It'll even hurt more the less hair you have. Oh. And oh, you have less okay. to grab. You have that's less to grab on to. Oh. All right. Well, that makes sense. Obviously, I've had this conversation with females before. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. I can see um, that. So the last thing that I have is in the Let the Sunshine ending, ending, Jonah Hill suffered from a heat stroke after dancing that scene and he was hospitalized. <laughs> <laughs> I just, when I read that, I was just like, that's was, fantastic. That's so much funnier. He's a big, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, he's, he's a big boy. That would actually have been a funny ending, like him passing out and then them all having to like go around him at the end of the movie. That would have been a funny yeah. ending. Anything else. That would have been so much better. Okay, Mike, now on to the best part. And this time we actually can do the remake and we can do the Where Are They Now. We've, we've had several movies in a row where we wouldn't be able to. Okay, let's do Where Are They Now first. So, Mike, you have Andy and Trish, yeah. and then you have Cal. So why don't you give us a rundown of where they yeah, are today? I kind of comboed them a little bit. Figured it would be more fun. Yeah. With not just, I mean, all three of them, Andy, Trish, and Cal. All right. Oh, okay. Andy and Trish opened up a store with the money he got from the dolls, obviously. He hired Cal to help with the crew and everything out with the store to help run it. All right. Cal worked at Andy's store for about 10 years, all while growing his own pot. He's now, he now, with the help of Andy as a backer, owns one of the most successful cannabis plants in the country. Sounds good. And that's all I got for those two. Three. All right. So I, I have David. David goes to work at Andy's stereo store as a floor manager. One day, Amy comes into the store and sends David into a spiral. He proceeds to drink a fifth of Jack Daniels and tells a female customer, quote, why don't you go blow a drug dealer, your drug dealer boyfriend, you cunt. Andy was forced, uh, forced to suspend him for a week without pay. David has recovered and is married with two children. Jay, he managed to keep his philandering under, under control when he found out he was going to be a dad. But that lasted until his son was six months old. Stayed working at Smart Tech and had a baby with another woman. Four years ago, he was arrested in a stinger operation when he tried to buy a Hummer from the same training as before. <laughs> so let's get the remake going. Not that this movie needs to be remade. It's so good. Yeah. But if they tried to make it today, who would be in it? So let's, I'll start with yours first, since you had the main characters. Andy, Trish, and Cal. All right, Andy. I went with like a Ed Helms type of character that was the first person i kind of thought of too thought maybe you could he could put ed, ed helms i was like, even maybe like bill Hader. i don't know he's in a lot of those movies anyway so it's just like yeah maybe oh i love bill Hader. i was like maybe he could you could toss him in there too trish i put down marissa tomei yeah she'd be good for that you're just looking for like someone who seems like kind of nice and calm and she's hot in spider-man so 
Yes. Cal. I put down uh, either Chris Pratt or Adam Devine. I like Adam Devine there. If you're going with the heavier set character, I think you should tell Chris Pratt to put his old boy put his old boy show LBs back on, and he can play that part. Well, it was 2008. Chris Pratt, yeah. Well, we say it's like if you were to remake it now, you're picking characters from now. Yeah. If you think if you think of an actor you think is better for any of these parts, Adam, please feel free to please please throw that in. Yeah. Uh, For Jay, I had Jay Farrow. He's from SNL. Uh, if you know who he is, he's pretty yeah, funny. He does, he does, uh, he does, he does, yeah, he does a lot of impressions, but he's pretty funny too. I like his characters on SNL. Next for David, I had Jake Johnson, the guy from Jurassic World and The New Girl, because he's pretty funny and he plays that well. But when you said Bill Hader, I think Bill Hader might actually be better to play David. I'd love Bill Hader as David. And then I wanted to add in a Nikki and a Beth, just kind of random pretty hot crazy chicks mm-hmm. and i added anna kendrick and aubrey if you've ever seen what is it dave and whoever need wedding yeah. dates they both play that kind of degenerate girl and they play it really well i think they could pull this off i think they both could do it they're both like not not uh supermodel attractive but still good looking and can both play kind of crazy degenerate hornball girls so i picked both of them and then one more person I threw in is I love the random customer instead of being Kevin Hart to be Nick Swartzen. Just because I could always use more Nick Swartzen being ridiculous. <laughs> Anyone else you could what think of? What about Paula? I didn't have a Paula. Um, I, didn't, I, I, didn't I was just thinking down. of another person that's in the movie. You said think of another movie. I have no idea. You could pick uh, I don't know. Dennis Leary said he was Shit, she could come back for Jane Lynch. You could use him. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you could put you could some of the people could still be in this. Seth Rogen could still be in this. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Jane Lynch could still play her character Paul, again. Not that you'd want to have Paul, the same Paul Rudd could still she, be in she it. She essentially looks the same. Paul Rudd looks the, the same. Dies there. Although he's like 50 now. Dies there. You just make them a little bit older. Like they're supposed to be like the same age as the character. Right, right. And, uh, well, I think, like, I picked Jay Farrow's in like his early 30s. Jake Johnson's in like his mid 30s. So, and then Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza are in like their. I think they're both in their early 30s. So I figured kind of around that, that age range. I'm like literally Googling people right now. For Paula. What about Lisa Kudrow from Friends? <laughs> she she actually could be good. She's – um. have you ever seen Easy A where she plays uh, – Like the teacher. Like the vice principal. Oh, yeah. yeah, the teacher whatever. She's pretty funny in that actually. She took some time off just hammering checks from Friends and then decided to actually be in something. That mailbox money, that's hard to pass up on. Well, anything else before we uh before we finish up? I, I have nothing I nothing of substance to add. Other than it's a great movie. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fucking Fantastic hilarious. Movie. Our next movie, it's the best movie about the Middle Ages where someone's hand is replaced by a chainsaw. Oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> and it is our cover. If you if you click on our page, it's our cover art cover. Picture. I can't believe you haven't done it yet. So, well, we we did the first the first we we've said this before the first like ten or fifteen movies we did were movies we were just kind of get our feet under us. We we're just trying to figure out like how we were going to do this and what the what the beats of it were going to be and you know how how it didn't sound like shit because at the beginning we just could not stop going scene by scene by scene by scene by scene. 
So we needed a, a good rhythm, a good script to it. So once we figured that out, when we got to like Boogie Nights and Forgetting Sarah Marshall last fall, I finally said, okay, now we're ready to start doing the movies that we really want to do. So that's why this year we started hammering out all these really good movies. And we're, we, we have them lined up for the rest of the year. I just gave Mike the list for the rest of the year. And he's like, yeah, I like all of them. So be ready. And then next year I got a whole slew of 25 or so more movies. So yeah. Adam, you'll be you'll, there's one for sure. I'm gonna ask you to come back. Just for a quick it. mention. I think of it's your in last September. One. How did Paul Giamatti not get an Oscar for that? That's all we talked. About. We yeah. talked about it for like five minutes. We even went over who was who was nominated. I have no idea for a movie, like as far as a story or anything. But I know my lead actor would be Tom Hanks, and my supporting actor would be Paul Giamatti. I don't know anything else about the movie, but that's those are my two guys. And you know what? I would have had Philip Seymour Hoffman in there had he not died. Which when we do Charlie Wilson's War, that's that's Tom Hanks. He was actually a really rangy actor. Like we were talking about how people get pigeonholed. He was like, he could have played anything. Philip Seymour Hoffman? Oh my god. Oh dude, he was Scott E.J. Yeah. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, man. man. Boogie Nights. Twister. Best man is in Uh, his house. He was was in that, what was that movie with uh, Ben Stiller? Where he long was like, Poly, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, Long That was a great role by him. The rain, rain dance. <laughs> oh, yeah. T, T, I'm burning, I'm burning up. Uh, the, the sharded, the sharded <laughs> came yeah. into the vernacular after yeah, that. That's true. And no one had really heard of it before. I'm sure some people had, but it, it became like a thing after yeah. that. Yeah, no, he was oh, a man. Villain I was so upset when he, when he died. Like, he, he was in, uh, he was a reporter in Red Dragon. He was, he did lots of different roles. He was really good. Uh, didn't he win the he won the Oscar for Capote because it was actually the same year as Cinderella yeah. Man. He won he won the Oscar but, for Capote. Yeah, and then, that was for lead actor though. You, you I mean you can listen to the episode, but when they in the year Paul Giamatti lost, can you guess who he lost to for best supporting actor? Oh, I actually don't know. George Clooney for Sirion. That's ridiculous. That's like a popularity contest. Exactly. Well, I said the other thing is like. Sirion is all about like being against the oil industry and yeah. stuff, and Cinderella Man was about <laughs> boxing. So yeah. th- that was that was Didn't only like oh well, we like the yeah. yeah we like this topic right. more. Paul Giamatti was yeah no I I wax poetic about Paul Giamatti. I even well, said he, it's one of my five favorite. You would have thought you were looking at like, a video characters of a guy ever from that era, like the way he like did that with his mouth and his like accent. Like he really nailed that. Oh, our favorite fact from that, Mike, how old was Paul Giamatti during that? 37 night? years old. Yeah. Dude, it's saving private Ryan. He was 31 years old. Yeah. I... <laughs> he was 48. Yeah. 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 He's, he was unbelievable. Uh, who was the other one we had? The guy from Top Gun, uh, Michael, Ironside. Uh, Michael Ironside. He was, he was like, younger than us. He was like 34 like years older, 36 years older, something like that in Top Gun. I was like, dude, he looked in, like he was like 45 or 50. Yeah. He didn't age for like 15 years there. Ooh. One more thing I forgot to say about this movie. Sorry, we just kind of went on a tangent <laughs> there. This this movie is added to the list of the movies that were on the DVD towers. I said like Super Troopers was the first one we I mentioned. This would have been one of them too. Like anytime you're at a party in college in the early 2000s, the party always had a set of DVDs, and this was one of them. It was like required yeah. to own. Oh yeah, it was one of the. Yeah, we got. I meant to mention that earlier because we need to have a running list. Like we'll keep going. So Super Troopers is one. 
this is another one. Because, like, some of them you just – like, we said Van Wilder was one of them too because it went, at our age, the early 2000s, Van Wilder was one Old of them. school, lots of space. Yeah. Right now, Ed had to have Pirates of the Caribbean. I had to have Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. You, you were inordinately obsessed with those movies. Just the first one. I didn't like the other ones. I didn't watch the other ones. I watched the second one once. I'm like, that sucks, and I've never well, watched, you watched any of the, the other ones. One and I... <laughs> Ad nauseum, yeah. So, all right. I, I think we're, I think we've chewed people's ears off long enough. Go quote this movie in your everyday life. Try not to get fired for it. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next time. Fuck your mother. <laughs> <laughs>